35 mil podcast episode seven. I'm Thomas. That's Zach. Today is Monday, March 14th. Zach, how 21st. are you? 21st. What? No, t- no, you're right. Today is the 14th, my dog. Yeah, it is. No, the 21st is. I have, next a, I have a college visit the 21st. That's why that date's in my brain. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're, you are way off. All right, so. We just finished our episode of Shaun of the Dead, episode six. Uh, we released that on Friday the 11th. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, before we start, shout out 35millmedia.com. Uh, me and Zach are now both over 160 movies. Uh, so well over 250 total movies on the website. I haven't beat. I haven't beat by one. Yeah, he, he does technically have 162? 63. You have 62. Oh, okay. I got 162. Yeah. All right. So, Zach does have me beat by one movie, but this episode is Crash. We're doing Crash. Crash was a 2005 movie. Winner of the 2006 Best Picture. We will uh, talk about if it deserved the Best Picture. Uh, I personally don't think it did, but Zach has a different opinion. It's kind of good, though. Most of the movies we talk about, we agree on for the most part. This movie, I don't think we're going to agree on very much. Uh, but so Crash, uh, we'll detail it a little bit. Crash is a movie based in Los Angeles. It is about basically race is the main premise of the movie. There's a couple different uh, characters that are all uh, eventually get intertwined. Um, we have... Don Cheadle as kind of the main character. Don Cheadle is a detective uh, for the LAPD. And his uh, alliance to this kind of intertwinement uh, is his brother Mm -hmm. is with uh, Ludacris as car thieves. Yeah, they're just like petty robbers. Yeah. Um, And like it. We need to mention, like, this is a full ensemble movie. Like, there's... There's a there's, lot of people. Like, the poster, like, there's not really, like... There's never really one person that's, like, the focus of the movie. Because mm-hmm. it, it jumps around a lot to all these people that you don't know, like, really how they're connected. And then, like, you see, like, a couple of them cross paths with different characters. Yeah. And then, like, there's, like, big events that happen in the movie that bring, like, multiple characters together. Yep. So, um, Don Cheadle is our LAPD officer. Sandra Bullock... And Brendan Fraser and Mary. Brendan Fraser is the. I love seeing Brendan Fraser and things. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good actor. He, it almost seems like he's, he really fits almost every role he does. He's yeah. really good in this. He just, kind of a, stressed out, da well, yeah, basically. Yep, and you see like some politics go into it where he's like running for re-election. Yeah, and he's like trying to keep like a good profile on all of the all aspects of it so Brendan Fraser uh, is married to Sandra Bullock and so uh, Sandra Bullock's aspect in this is she's pretty racist almost everybody in this movie is yeah in in some way shape or form because like everyone is either everyone in this movie is either a victim uh, like either a victim of racism or like of a crime or like so Victim of racism or like someone who is racist. Yeah, pretty I much. I would um, say but, that and some of them are both. Yeah. Uh, so Sandra Bullock is racist. Uh, we we see that in kind of the beginning of the movie, uh, Ludacris and Lawrence Tate, who are like we talked about the two petty crimes. Uh, as they're walking by, Sandra Bullock grabs onto Brendan Fraser. They're crossing in the street, mm-hmm. and we see Lou Chris talk about how that that 
she, that she, or I, I guess uh, Tate is saying that she might just be cold. Yeah. But Ludacris is saying no. She's walking by two black guys. She wants to feel the, the comfort of her husband, so she grabs onto his arm. Mm-hmm. And so then we see a kind of a cool little, like a monologue almost, of Ludacris saying like, well, I guess Ludacris and Larence Tate talking about how you know they're black. They're they're in a very nice white community. Why should the white people be scared of them? They should be scared of the white people. They're outnumbered here. Yeah. And then that's when we see them say, "Well, why are we not scared then?" And then they both say, "Well, we have guns." And that is when they proceed to steal Sandra Bullock and Brendan Fraser's car. Yep. So there's as a, there's that, a lot of irony there because Ludacris is talking about how like why they shouldn't be scared, and then she was scared for all the like. She was scared for the right reasons, but like, she had no reason to believe that. So like, she the, she was scared for the wrong reasons, yes. but she yes technically she ended, ended up, up being, right. being right. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely like <coughs> preconceived notions that like weren't there before. Like there was nothing suspicious about these two guys. Yeah. Um, so like this kind of like sets the tone for the movie. This is like the opening scene sets the tone for the movie of like how these different characters are going to be intertwined and it's going to deal with racism. It, this movie really deals with almost every like social political issue. It really does. All right. So that's kind of what Sandra Bullock and Brendan Fraser's role in this movie is. So let's go to Don Cheadle for a minute. Don Cheadle is the detective on the case. And we know that Don Cheadle's mom is some sort of addict. addict. It, it isn't very clear as to what exactly is wrong with her, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she had some sort of dementia or what exactly it was, but her main thing is wanting to get her son home. Yep. She said, bring my son home, figure out why my son's not here. We don't know who her son is until at the end of the movie, we realize that Don Cheadle's brother, who is obviously the mom's son is Larence Tate, who ends up getting killed. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting killed by Ryan Felipe, who tries to be the not racist one with Matt Dillon, when Matt Dillon pulls over uh, Terrence, Terrence Howard. Howard and his wife. Yeah. See, the, it's this is what I don't, this is what I find trouble with in the movie is it's almost hard to talk about because there's so much going on. Yeah. And it's so hard to keep this, track This of. was my second time seeing the movie, so it's a little bit easier for me. Um, I mean, it, when you watch the movie, it wasn't necessarily hard to keep track of. But talking about it, there's so yeah. much that goes into this movie. So this, this many movie really things. is a tragedy, though. It really see, is because you see so many people either make mistakes at the beginning and then like try to fix them as they go on, and then you see the people that were really like really good and really helpful at the beginning like make a horrible mistake at the end. Yeah, I, I think Ryan Felipe is a great example yeah. of that. So Matt Dillon, who's a police officer. We see him in a diner and he's talking to an insurance agent. The insurance agent is Loretta Devine and his father is having some sort of urinary tract infection. And we see him basically not having any ability to sleep just on the toilet all night. Yep. And Matt Dillon, who is, is trying to get some sort of solace for his dad, trying to figure out what they can do mm-hmm. insurance wise. Well, Loretta is basically saying, well, there's nothing you can do. Like, unless you get a doctor to approve or he's saying that you can't go to a urologist 
outside of our plan. So basically, you have to pay for all of it out of pocket. They're basically kind of screwed. So on that phone call, Loretta Devine's character's name is Shaniqua. And he says, Matt Dillon says, can I talk to your manager? She says, I am the manager. He said, well, what's your name? And she says, Shaniqua Johnson. And that's when we see Matt Dillon's first racist. Tendency. Yeah, yeah. tendency is a good word. And he says, oh, of course your name's Shaniqua. That makes sense. And then that's when they hang up. Yep. So we see Matt Dillon and Ryan Felipe pull over Terrence Howard and uh, his wife. And his wife, when they pull him over, is, well, okay, let, let's, let's rewind. They're driving the same kind of car that Ludacris and uh, Lawrence Tate stole. Mm-hmm. They check the plates. They're not the same plates. But as they're flashing the light, Terrence Howard's wife, comes up from giving him oral sex on the road. She was giving him roadhead. She was giving him roadhead. We can we can say what we want on here. Yeah. <laughs> so they pull him over, and basically it's a very calm traffic stop until uh, Thanidwa Newton, who's Terrence mm-hmm. Howard's wife. Well, we have to say, what's the uh, – Ryan Felipe? Yeah. He's Matt Dillon's partner, a younger cop. And he's like saying, "Hey, these plates don't match." Yeah. And then Matt Dillon's like, "I'm gonna pull them over anyway." And then he sees that they that she was performing oral sex. And yeah. He flashes the lights, pulls them over. Yeah, pulls them over. Realizes it's a black couple, and Thanidwa Newton kind of starts to get a little feisty because she's drunk. Uh, she says she is. Terrence Howard is clearly Sober. doesn't drink yeah uh, says he says he's, he's a, a, a buddha or a buddhist yeah. yeah he's a buddhist he doesn't drink they decide to have him come out of the car anyways and that's when matt Dillon's character basically molests uh uh the, i think the need newton is her name and so terrence howard doesn't do anything yep they basically he's, well, just he's scared like yeah um this movie talks a lot about like police brutality and and racist police officers uh-huh. so like he knows that like he has to do whatever the police say or it could put him or his wife's life at danger exactly so he's standing there like with his hands on or his hands interlocked behind his head and she's just like looking at him like scared while uh matt dylan's like patting her down and then going into like areas that don't need search like, yeah he's he was, fondling yeah pretty much. um and like she's like she's crying like she's, yeah it's she's, it's a tough scene to watch yeah. and Terrence Howard just like looks at her like he like doesn't know what to do exactly and then uh, Matt Dillon kind of like blackmails them says I can take you guys downtown I can arrest you or you guys said that you guys are a block away so you guys can just go home like basically saying take some I discretion into he's like it. he's like yeah. if if you want to like report me for touching her like I can arrest you and take you downtown. Yeah. Or you guys can just go home and not say anything. Like that's that's the implication there, and Terrence Howard, like in hindsight, I think he realizes he should have said that they should go downtown. Yeah. Um, but in the moment, he's like, "I just want to get my wife home." So he says, "No, we'll just go home." Yep. So they have the big fight, and that I mean that that comes up later in the movie. So then we'll jump to the scene in Sandra Bullock and Brendan Fraser's house. Uh, Michael Pena is fixing their locks. They wanted to get new locks. Since. For those of you that don't know, he's the friend from Ant-Man who he, yeah. has, he has like a lot of long monologues in Ant-Man where he's just like telling funny stories. Um, uh, Latino actor, if that helps you guys 
Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny. He also plays a cop in the movie Chips. Yes. And so he is fixing their locks because they don't feel safe in their home after getting their car robbed. Yep. Their car must have had their their home key or something on it. Something like that, yeah. So she says and they're, to... They're a wealthy family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the DA of LA. So, I mean, he's clearly making a lot of money. Uh, Sandra Bullock says to Brendan Fraser, I want the locks changed again in the morning. Brendan Fraser's like, what are you talking about? And then she shows her racial tendencies, and she's pretty much like, well, this this Mexican guy changing locks is just going to go sell our keys to some gangbangers. Yeah. It's a very racist uh, And he's right scene. there. He can yeah. hear it all. Yeah. And so... He changes the locks, makes eye contact with her, and just sets the keys down and leaves. And that's when we see Michael Pena go to his house, and we see that he has a wife and a daughter. And his daughter... The the only child actor in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the only child in the movie... Because Sandra Bullock and Brendan Fraser mentioned they have a kid, but we never see the kid. The kid's upstairs sleeping. Exactly. The only time that we're in their house. Yep. And so he... Gets his daughter from under her bed. She was scared because she heard a gunshot. And he makes up this story about how, a, how a, a, fairy. a fairy came into his room when he was a kid. Gave him a... Basically, paper, he describes... Yeah, he describes it as a paper cloth, but it's just like, like a bulletproof cloak. vest yeah. and what he's saying. It's invisible, so he takes it off, gives it to his daughter, says, nothing can hurt you if you're wearing this. So, that's when we see... After that scene, he gets called to our um, Sharian Sharian family. Is is that the correct term? Sharian? I don't remember. Okay. It's a family of Middle Eastern descent. Yes. And they own a general store. And their door is not working. Oh, we skipped Brendan Fraser's racism, too. He's, oh yeah, he's yeah, yeah. about publicity. He's yeah. like, he's like, why did it have to be uh, black men who stole my car? He's like, and then he's saying, I need a publicity event where I pin a medal on a black man, and yeah. then he just re- he lists an, a darker skinned Iraqi man who was, I think, a firefighter. Yeah, and they're like, he's Iraqi, and he was like, he was like, well, he looks black, and they said his name was Saddam. Yeah, and he was like, oh, me pinning a medal on a Iraqi named uh, Saddam, give yourself a raise. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That'll look good. Yeah. You know, this is in the aftermath of nine eleven and that yeah. kind of stuff. So, the general store, uh, the door is not working correctly. He think the the owner, the father of the family, thinks that it's the lock that is wrong. So he calls Michael Pena, has him fix it. Michael Pena, with his professional opinion, says it's not your lock; it's your door. Fixes the lock anyways, and then proceeds to basically get in a fight with this guy and say, fine, don't pay, whatever, not a big deal. Because he's just convinced the lock is wrong. Well, we go home for the night. There's a language barrier. He doesn't fully understand, too. Yeah, he doesn't really understand what he's saying. Uh, We go home for the night, come back to the general store the next day. It had been broken into and just ransacked. Racial racial slurs all over the walls and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the father of the family is clearly not very happy because the store just got broken into. And so, uh, he decides that he's going to go and, you know, we're out of order here, but he decides he's going to go and just try and kill the guy or get his money back at least. So he's holding a gun to Michael Pena. 
And his daughter runs out of the house saying, he doesn't have his cloak on. And the mom, uh, Mike <coughs> Pena. Mike yeah, Mike Pena. Pena's wife. Michael Pena's wife is in the kitchen doing dishes. And she hears the daughter yelling and then sees her run out the door and is like, don't run into the street. She yeah. doesn't know what's going on. So she follows. And then the daughter jumps into Michael Pena's arms right as the guy pulls the trigger. Yeah. And that's a heartbreaking scene. Like you see like the mom, yeah. the mom, it's like, it goes slow motion and like the audio cuts out and it's just music. Yeah. Um, and like the mom screaming, uh, Michael Pena is like screaming and crying, holding his daughter. Yeah. Who he believes has just been shot. And then we find out that he she's missed. perfectly fine. Like she, she says, don't worry, I'll protect you, daddy. And he looks and there's no entry wound like she she's she didn't get a shot he, he he missed basically <laughs> which is weird because he was shooting from about three yeah feet. it was point blank distance. so i mean he really should get some lessons well, did, did you see what at the end of the movie yeah where he says it's his angel no yeah i think you missed a part so oh so where she's grabbing the ammo yeah yeah okay so the daughter the the dad that owns the uh, convenience store, like the grocery store. Yeah. Um, when he went to buy the gun, there was like the language barrier issue again. Uh, he was getting mad at the guy selling the gun. That guy kicks him out of the store. The daughter finishes the purchase, um, says, just hand me the red, the box of red ammo. Those are blanks. Oh, okay. We, and, the, and the guy tries saying, do you know what those are? She's like, just give them to me. So she buys blanks for okay. the gun. And it, it only shows it for a second. Afterwards, when she goes and she's talking to her dad in the store, and he was like, she was my angel. Like, she saved me. And I talk about the little girl that he almost shot. Uh-huh. The daughter takes the gun from the dad and goes and puts it in the drawer. And for a split second, it shows the ammo says blanks on it. Oh, okay. I, I, I did yeah. miss that. I didn't realize they were blanks. Okay. So. But, yeah, we don't get that explanation right away. We get that, like, at the very end of the movie. Yeah. So, uh, really, the only other thing we need we need to talk about chronologically is Ryan Felipe picks up Lorenz Tate and he takes him in his car. He's going to drive him to the other side of the valley. And as he's doing that, they, it's a very good conversation at the beginning. They're just kind of making banter. And then he sees the traveling, I guess it's some sort of religious traveling safety uh mm-hmm. just a little thing you put on your dashboard it's a yeah. little biblical it's saint, figure saint something that, yeah and he he's like the saint of like good traveling or yeah something. exactly he just protects you while you're and so ryan felipe has that on his car and larence tate we see when he's stealing other cars just puts that on his dash as well mm-hmm. and ludicrous always makes fun of him for it yeah so larence tate is reaching into his pocket he's trying to say like Oh, I have that too, but he's not very clear about it. And Ryan Felipe, being the police he is, says, show me your hands, show me your hands. And as he reaches out and pulls it, Ryan Felipe shoots him, kills him, and dumps his body in a desert, Mm -hmm. then goes and burns the car. And that is when we get back to Don Cheadle, who is investigating, sees the shoes, and then sees the body, realizes it's his brother, the mom confirms, and that was pretty much the last racial instance of mm-hmm. the movie, really. And there's like some... The, so we skipped the, the actual crash of the movie. Oh, okay, yeah. So 
Matt Dillon, like he's a police officer. We mentioned that he molested the the uh, Terrence Howard's wife. Yeah, I don't remember her name. Um, well, there's a big car crash about like an hour into the movie, a little bit over halfway in, uh-huh. and he's the cop that's like at the scene of the crash, and he like goes to like pull this woman out of her car that's upside down, and it's Terrence Howard's wife. Yeah, and she's screaming, "No, not you! Like, don't touch me, anyone but you!" And he was like, he was like look like i have to get you out of here i'm the only one here right now yeah and he's like that's gasoline if that lights like your your car's going to explode yeah so he like gets a little bit of trust from her she realizes that she needs him and i think that's the part that like sucks for her i think she knows that she'll be safe but she doesn't want him to save her and for her to like have anything good to say about him yeah have to owe Um, that guy any yeah so matt Dillon like kind of like talks to her like explains that he has to get her out of there and, and he's really respectful at that point, too. I think he realizes how messed up he is personally. And he says, I have to reach across your lap to undo your seatbelt. Is that okay? And she's like, yes. And then he, so he pulls her out of the car. Like, or actually, the gasoline does catch fire. Yeah, and eventually. And the car gets engulfed in flames. And the other paramedics that just arrive pull him out. Yeah. And he goes back in. And like you think that he's going to get pulled out and the car's going to go up in flames and she's going to be dead. But he starts crawling back into the car, grabs her, and then yells at the guys to pull, and they pull both of them out. Yeah, and, and she ends up surviving. Mm-hmm. And the really the only other thing we missed was Terrence Howard actually gets his car stolen by Ludacris and Lawrence Tate. Yes, but then he ends up fighting them and uh, – what is it, Tate? Yeah, Lawrence Tate. Lawrence Tate. Ends up taking off. He goes on foot, jumps a fence, runs off. And uh, Ludacris and Terrence Howard are fighting for the car. And finally the cops are coming. So they jump in the car. Terrence Howard drives. And Ludacris is in the passenger seat with a gun. Terrence Howard takes the gun from him somehow. Yeah. And then uh, they're just driving away from the cops, driving away. And then they get into a cul-de-sac and can't go anywhere. Yeah. So Ludacris like, crouches down. They don't even know he's in the car. And Terrence Howard finally gets out of the car and is, like, in the cops' faces. Like, he's having a breakdown. And he's yelling at them, like, oh, you want me? You want me? Take me. Yeah, he's like, shoot and, me. Shoot me. See um, what happened. And then that's when Ryan Felipe gets up and goes, hey, I know this guy. Like, because he had the traffic stop with Matt Dillon before. Yep. And he was like, he was like hey, they're going to shoot you. Like, you need to cooperate. Um, and he, like, gets that trust between them. And then... Uh, so it's, like, it's crazy how it's all intertwined. Because, like, Ryan Felipe was at the scene of the crime where uh, just the previous Larence, night. Yeah. Uh, well, where Larence was stealing the car, but got away. Oh yeah. And then he ends up being the one who give him to give him a ride later. That yeah. Night. You know, what's weird. Los Angeles L- is a big LAPD city. is a big, big police department. Yeah. You're telling me that Ryan Felipe and Matt Dillon are the only two officers involved in any of this. What? Yeah, that's true. They, they address uh, the car stealing with Sandra Bullock and, Brendan Fraser, Matt Dillon saves uh, Terrence Howard's wife, also molests Terrence Howard's wife, and uh, Ryan Felipe gets involved with Terrence Howard in the cold sack four times in the span of what, fifteen hours? Yeah, if it's that. Like, I think it's like two days. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's realistic. So, so really quick, I want to before we move on, I want to do a uh, talk about like the other like racism that we haven't talked about. Yeah, I mean Don Cheadle is in bed with. Uh, 
His partner. Yeah. Yeah, she, Jennifer she's, Espino- she's a Espino. Latina, a Latina woman. Yeah. And he's on the his mom calls in the middle and he says, I'm having sex with a white woman. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And he and she's like, Since when am I white? And he's like, Oh, I just thought that would he said, I would say uh with a Mexican woman, but um I thought white would piss her off more. Yeah. And she and then she says, My dad's from here, my mom's from here. Where where is Mexico in that? Yeah, it was like um, it was like Puerto Rico and yeah. Something else. Yeah. yeah. So um, she's talking about how, like, just because she's Latina doesn't mean that she's Mexican. Uh, so there's that there. Um, even Shaniqua Johnson. Yeah. At the, like, she's like a victim of racism from Matt and Dylan, like, the whole time, the whole movie. And then at the very end of the movie, like, there's like an epilogue where she's in, I think, Chinatown. Yeah. Because and, uh, and Ludacris had just released yes. all of the en- entrapped. Yeah. Uh, Chinese people. Which there's a whole another... Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, but she gets rear-ended, and she gets out of the car, and it's these <coughs> uh, these Asian people, and they're talking in their native language. Yeah. And she was like, don't speak to me if you don't speak American, and like yelling at them. And it's like showing that like they're, they're, no one in this story is just a victim. Yeah, no, there, there's really... I would say the only really good person in this entire story is probably Michael Pena. Yeah. We don't see anything really wrong. Yeah. He, he fixes the locks, ex- takes the racism, yeah. doesn't do anything. Uh, takes the racism from the store owner. Doesn't do anything. Almost gets his daughter shot. Doesn't do anything. He's a, he's a good dad. too. Uh, yeah. He is a good dad. So yeah, I would say that probably Michael Pena. Yeah. And then, He's Ryan, the hero of this movie. Ryan Felipe yeah. gets a bad rap. Yes, he did kill the guy, but I mean, he did. He did. The guy multi- reached, and he gave multiple warnings. The guy, re- if it was a white guy reaching into his pocket, it it yeah. it, it creates the 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 racial issue there. Yeah. So Ryan right. Felipe probably isn't. A and good Ryan Felipe so. did yell like multiple times, like stop making sudden movements, and like it it is a stranger. Yeah, I mean it's a hitchhiker. And, yeah, and. Who knows if it was a white man, it could have played out exactly the same. Exactly. So that's where that gray area comes in, where you're like, I don't really know if I can judge his character. It, it, it is a tragedy, and you know that. Yeah, I, I, I would say that Ryan Felipe is. Yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of a gray area yeah. because we don't see any racial tendencies from Ryan Felipe earlier in the movie, but you know this movie is centered around racism, so that's kind of hard to judge. So something we need to talk about really quick before we move on, like we just need to touch on it that we haven't talked about yet, yeah. is the uh, Chinese guy. Yeah. That he's driving the van and Ludacris and uh, I keep forgetting his Lawrence name. Lawrence Tate. Lawrence Tate. Yeah. Um, did they hit him? Yeah. He was about to get in his car and they weren't really yeah. paying attention. They got too close yes, and that's run right. over him. Yeah. They ran him over and he was just like being uh, drug underneath of their van. Yeah. Or there, it was there. That was the Escalade, right? Yeah, they were uh, they were driving the stolen car. Yeah, and then uh, proceeded to. Uh, this is not funny. Sorry, we have someone in our window looking at us. Uh, but they ran over him and then decided uh, instead of just to continue driving, they pulled him out. And then we later see him at the hospital. He survives. He looks in terrible shape, mm-hmm. but. Um, that's when we see his wife and that's when things get real weird. Yeah. 
she so she runs in screaming, uh, finds her husband, and he tells her to go get I think the keys. Is that what it was? Uh, no, he told her to grab the check out of his wallet. Oh yeah, grab the check out of his wallet. Yeah. Um, and then uh, because what even happened to the so, the so, stolen car? Yeah. So we, we we don't know exactly what the check is for at this point, but we see Ludacris, who gets dropped off by Terrence Howard after he tries to steal his car, and he just was walking and he just randomly in this huge city of Los Angeles. Uh, walks up on the car of the guy he hit, unlocks the car, takes it to his guy who they sell the stolen cars to. And as they're doing negotiation for the prices, we open the back door and we see, I would say, dozen, dozen and a half yeah. uh, immigrants from, I think they said Taiwan. Yeah. And so we see the Taiwanese immigrants and it's clear now that we realize the check is for smuggling the people. Mm-hmm. And so what Ludacris does is takes the people, takes them to Chinatown, drops them off. And that's when the movie ends and, or that's the scene where the yes. movie ends. So we see, uh, Shaniqua Johnson, who was our phone operator yeah, for the insurance we, we company. We touched on that earlier. Yeah. She gets how, her car hit. And then like you see, even she has some racist tendencies. Yeah. She's like, don't speak to me if you don't know English and that kind of stuff. So one thing my dad and I talked about mm-hmm. with this movie, um, when I told my dad that you weren't the biggest fan of it, uh-huh. he was like, really? He was like, this movie, he's like, I just thought it was genius how it did everything. And, uh, he's like, it was a real wake up call for me. Cause he was like, even if like, I wasn't like trying to like, I, he's like, I, I, I've never been racist, Yeah, but he's like. But I did realize that I did have some prejudices, and I and I had to drop all of those immediately. Like, yeah, some, like he said when I first saw this movie, like it was a wake up call. Yeah, sometimes you'll you'll see things or do things and or do things or think things that you subconsciously don't even intend to be. Yeah, you know, pre- prejudicial if that's a word towards other people. But you know, you'll see someone who isn't speaking English and being like, "Well, why can't they speak English?" or yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, well. They clearly had a completely different upbringing than you did. So I think that he Ocho Cinco is right. That <laughs> Yeah, Chad Johnson, everybody. Yeah, I, I think he is right in the term that this is a wake-up call for a lot of people. That, you know, it's just an, a call to action to do better. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that is pretty much our analysis of Crash. Do you have anything else to add to that before we move on? Start putting Brendan Fraser in more movies. Exactly, yes. Uh, all right, so uh, one of my favorite things to do is look at the best picture for that year and how this movie stacks up to that best picture. Well, as we said earlier, this was the 2006 to the 78th uh, best picture of all time, 78th annual Oscar Awards best yep. picture. And so. Let's see what other movies were nominated and then what other 2005 movies could potentially be in there. So obviously, Crash was the winner. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, I've never seen. Actually, all of the other movies nominated, I've never seen. I've never seen Brokeback Mountain, Capote, uh, Good Night and Good Luck, or Munich. So I can't really make a judgment off that. Neither can I. But what I did was I did go and look at 2005 movies. And there were two movies, in my opinion that probably uh, could have gotten the win, uh, and, you know, and it di- or as opposed to Crash. 
And the first one, uh, wow. So before we go into that, this is a random tangent, but I saw that Star Wars Revenge of the Sith was a 2005 movie. Wasn't even nominated for Best Cinematography. Did it get nominated for Best Score? Nope. Really? Let's see if it got nominated. The Duel of Fates is in. Uh, it was nominated for Best Makeup. And that's it. Best Makeup. It definitely should have won Best Original Score. Yeah, yeah. That should have won, should have won Best Picture. No, I'm kidding. All right. So uh, the, the first movie that I think, in my opinion, beats Crash is Batman Begins. I think Batman Begins is an incredible movie, a great start to the Nolan trilogy. Um, you know, I, I think the superhero movies just hadn't didn't like, have a it, chance. No, and like so, the critics automatically hear superhero movie and they just don't they don't care. They don't think it deserves a chance. Yeah. So I think that is a reason why it was overlooked in two thousand five. There, you still see that today, but they're. Like movies like Black Panther are still like shining through that like stigma. No. Yeah. Uh, same, you know, same thing for Dark Knight. Dark Knight being one of, if the best, if not the best superhero of all, movie of all time, uh, was not in the best picture or even best director race. I wonder if Christopher Nolan's ever won a best director. What other movie do you have? Uh, one second, I'm I'm going on this tangent here. Okay. Um, because I'm looking myself and I'm wondering if there's any. All right, here we go. List of awards. A forty-year-old virgin should have been best picture. <laughs> uh, it was nominated for best director for Dunkirk. It did not. Or uh, Christopher Nolan was du- uh, nominated for best director for Dunkirk. Did not win. Who's nominated for Best Picture with Inception did not win. Oh yeah, Christopher Nolan has never won an Academy Award. I mean, neither has Samuel L. Jackson. That's true. He's just been nominated. Yeah. Uh, and so the other movie that I, you know, you, you do make a good point that superhero movies at that time probably just didn't really have much of a chance. They weren't, you know, they weren't as big of a deal yet. And so I just don't think, um, oh man, Sky High came out in 2005. <laughs> uh, the other movie that I think probably should have been it for um, Best Pictures: Diary of a Mad Black Woman, uh, the Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, so that's the silence you gave me made me like question if you were or not. But I just... I've never even seen that movie. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's pretty much the God best picture. Um, all right, so uh, num- or, uh, number on 35millmedia.com. Uh, I gave it a 72. You gave it an 82. I did. Okay. So how's that? Let's see. For me, that stacks up probably top 90. Yeah, it looks like it's about top 90. I have that um, right behind the descent, right above Dune. Uh, you know, I think this was a good movie, but it, it, there was just too much going on, in my opinion. Uh, it had a good message, but overall, I'd, I'd have it at a 72. That's fair. Yeah, I know. 
That's fair. I I disagree, but it's fair. I know. I know. You know, we should do an episode sometime where we just do our, you know, our label our top 100 movies and just give a brief explanation as why. Or not top 100, maybe top 10, top 15. Something I'm going like to piss some people off. I bet you are. I, I, let me look at your top 10 right now. It's not a, it's not a terrible top ten. I feel. I mean, you and I are very different. Your number ten is a ninety three. My number ten right now is a. Um, my number ten right now is a ninety eight. So I mean, I there, I think I just, just have so a many, lot more high movies rated right now. There's so many classics that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. That I like. I've been told are so amazing. So I, I can't. Yeah, it, I get it. It sucks. Like, I need to get Spider-Man out of my top ten. Yeah, yeah. Like, Spider-Man for me is all the way down at a nineteen. Yeah, I have to get Spider-Man out of my top ten. But the thing is, like that. Like, I mean, even, it's just a recency bias. I mean, you, you yeah, just saw it. Yeah. So, I mean, and I yeah. know there's movies on here that should be higher than that. Yeah. You know, I, I just recently watched over the weekend, uh, silence of the lambs and Shawshank redemption. Silence of the lambs is great. Yeah. It's a very, very good movie. Very weird, mm-hmm. real weird. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we'll do a, you know, top 10, top 15 movies later on. It probably, probably be good to wait a couple months to make sure we really get a lot of classics. I mean, I'd even do my whole, my whole nineties. Yeah. I mean, we could even do, I, I have 38. 38? I got one under 60. I got 59 right now. Um, What did you give Silence of the Lambs? Uh, 93. 93. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a great movie, great premise. Um, It was just too weird. Do you to see the comparison higher. with Seven, though? Yes. Yeah, a lot, lot of comparison there. Um. It was just too weird to give it any higher. Yeah. The scene where uh, Buffalo Bill's dancing in front of that camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was almost turned the movie off. That was just, <laughs> I need to. Uh, I was not expecting that. Have you seen The Sixth Sense? Yes. Yeah, I need yeah, to, I I need to rewatch I, uh, it. I, it's been so long since I've seen it. I can't rank it. Let me see what I have that at. I have it at an 88. All right, so that is all for Crash, unless you got anything else. It's a better movie than what Thomas says. Supposedly, according to Zach. Uh, I don't think it was deserved of Best Picture. I think it was a very weak year for movies, 2005. Um, I told you Sky High came out in 2005. (laughs) Did you say the second movie that you thought? Yeah, it was Diary of a Mad Black Woman. See, I thought you actually had two. No, no, just just one. Just Batman Begins. Uh, so it was a it was a weak year for movies in two thousand five. So I can see why it won Best Picture. Plus, you know, just the cultural impact. I assume it had. You know, we couldn't tell we were two years old. But um, so it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a great movie. Uh, but this has been Crash, Episode Six, Zach. I'm surprised Rent wasn't nominated. Rent? Yes. It's a musical movie from 2005. 
and I'm not saying that I think it's like 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 I, I like Rented. Like it's a movie that I've watched like a few times, and I think it's good. Yeah. But like I, so I'm not saying like I think it should be. I'm just surprised it wasn't because the Oscars like if there's like a good musical movie that comes out that year, it's almost always nominated. Really? Yeah. Why? Why would? Did it fall into the musical or comedy category? They don't have that for the Oscars. Oh yeah, yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about that. that earlier. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been episode six of Crash. That's Zach. I'm Thomas. Uh, make sure you go to www.35millmedia.com. Uh, if you have any requests for the podcast or for us to put onto the website, uh, there's the form on the homepage. Go to Thomas's rankings, Zach rankings. Uh, we even have a new movie of the day. So this has been episode six of the 35 Mill podcast. Thanks for listening.